disappointed by my existence that's exactly why I'm a comedian welcome to the show give yourselves a round of applause for coming out tonight round of applause for Trump officially winning Indiana round of applause for the fact that we are about to have a president named Donald Trump oh man you see the thing is if you dump chemicals in the ocean and you set off a bomb you're gonna get Godzilla and he's going to trample all over your civil liberties. I mean, an openly racist, sexist, homophobe in the White House. What is this, the 80s? Um, and I don't mean 18. It's okay if you guys are uncomfortable. Um, hey, how you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I wish I mocked people. I don't, I don't really do it because I was, I was mocked too much uh, as a child. Um, which is why I have dimension, you know, like, uh, I wish I had confidence, you know, because there's a lot of, a lot of comics come out, you know, and they can just say something they don't believe in and get a great laugh, you know, they'd be like, bitches be crazy. And people are just like, that's amazing. But um, I was raised by two women, so I know that uh, bitches be misunderstood. And I know that they are trying to rewrite a story that they have been through so they're not doomed to repeat it. And we all know why, because niggas be tripping. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna start out with all the controversial words first. Anyway, I'm 35. This is how I decided a 35-year-old dresses. Uh, you know, like I'm the principal at Breakdance High School. Just at any moment, I'm gonna stop a fight between the poppers and the lockers. And if I play my cards right and keep these kids in line, one day I'll be Professor R&B. And that's a very different life. I have opinions about Blackstreet that are not on the curriculum. But, uh... Not thinking about changing the way that I dress. Uh, I said to myself the other day, Daddy needs a new suit. And by daddy, I mean myself, of course, not my father. Uh, my father can actually afford a suit because he abandoned his family and the savings alone. Um, pocket a lot of cash when you don't raise your son. And, uh... Oh, okay, I heard you guys. That's what vowel sound you make when you're upset. I like to, you know, you can tell a lot about an audience by what vowel sound they use. You guys are like, oh! Because some audience is like, hey! Hey! Some audience is like, yee! Some audience is like, I, 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 I! Some audience is like, you! You! And sometimes they're like, why? Um, grammar jokes. I, um, this is a true story, absolutely true story. I'm making a documentary this year in which I, a 35-year-old man, I'm going to meet my biological father for the first time ever in my life. And I was asked to write uh, 10 different questions that I might want to ask this man. And I've only come up with one so far. And uh, I'd like to share that with you. You guys okay with that if I share my question with you? One train is headed east to west at 100 miles per hour <laughs> while a bus is headed west to east at 60 miles per hour. When they cross paths, they'll both be going 50 miles per hour. Which of these got you away from us the fastest? That's really the only thing I have so far. <laughs> I just got back from South by Southwest, which was fun. I learned something important. 
I like music festival posters more than I like actual music festivals. The, <laughs> the poster's kind of all I need. I go, all right, I'll Google them. That's all the information I need. I love a good music festival poster because every time I see them, I like that the most recognizable band, boom, big letters right at the top. And then as the bands become more obscure, the words become smaller. It's like a seeing eye test for how cool you are. Because it's kind of like right there. Everyone knows who that is. Your dad knows who that is. Everyone knows who that is. Oh, okay. You know a little about music. Uh-oh, you know more about music than the average person. Oh, now you are officially young. You are young and also relevant. Oh, damn, this band is so obscure. You're the only person at the show. Because there is a level of cool where you're just alone again. And... I know I'm getting older, I know that I'm not old, but I know I'm getting older because the first thing I do when I walk into a room, any room, is look for a seat. That's the first thing I do, is I walk and I go, chairs, any chairs in here? No chairs, I will not be here that long. That's basically it. I keep hallucinating seats where there are none. Is that a bench? No, just a change in the painting. I thought it was a place to rest. That's now my, my review for a good party now. It's just like, how was Jennifer's party? Oh my God, there, everyone was resting. It was great. There was ribs and there was rest. I'm old enough to have a uh, favorite era of emails. That's how old I am. I, I remember when no one had emails, then suddenly everyone had emails and everyone was using emails at work, but it was before the work personal email boundary had been created. So people didn't have work emails, they just had an email and they would ask you to take them seriously and then give you their AOL email, which always had revealing information about who they were in their email. I need those papers over here right now. Attach them to an email. Email them to me right now. Superpooperscooper69 at AOL.com I have a dog and I'm very sanitary and I was born in the year 1969, okay? Nothing to do with sex and I resent you thinking it. Take me seriously. Super Pooper Scooper, 69. I'll spell it S-O-O-P-E-R. All right. That joke's got legs, maybe. I have a lot of weird allergies and it's the season where I'm picking in my eyes a lot, which is a disgusting habit, but I know I'm not getting everything out of my eyes. I feel like there's a lot that's like stuck in between my eye and my skull. Because the eyeballs are like the couch cushions of your head. And I swear, if I could just take them out and shake them, be like, oh, lint and foreign exchange and the remote. It's like, oh, I needed that. I, I've been looking to change my perspective. But um, a couple people, a couple people. Everybody else is like, I came here to escape, not arrive. Um, I'm allergic to a lot of weird things. I'm allergic to dairy, and I mean exactly that. I'm allergic to it. I'm not lactose intolerant. That's totally different. Lactose intolerance is, oh, no, I had pizza. Now I'm going fart. I mean, I was in the hospital a couple months ago because I accidentally had butter on a sandwich, and my throat swelled up to the point I could no longer breathe. They call it anaphylactic shock, and by they, I mean the doctor in the emergency room. And she prescribed me an EpiPen, which I keep on me at all times because nobody knows what the fuck dairy is, by the way. Just information I want to share you. No server, no chef, no owner of restaurant know what dairy 
dairy is. That's how much dairy we eat as a society. We have forgotten it. I keep having the same conversation. I can't have dairy. Not because I'm cute, but because it might kill me. Ooh. What about eggs? Eggs are not dairy. But it's from a farm. Dairy's from a cow. Ooh. What about asparagus? That's a vegetable. Ooh. What about arsenic? That's literally a poison. Ooh. What about arsenic and old lace? That's an old play. Ooh. What about the crucible? Different old play. Ooh. What about Man Ray? That's a visual artist. Saw some of his photography at the Getty the other day. Ooh. What about Ray Manzarek? Keys from the doors. Like, nobody knows what dairy is. Also, I'm so allergic to pollen that I'm actually allergic to weed. I'm allergic to weed. In California in 2016, where you can get legal marijuana faster than it takes to remember marijuana means weed. So if I want to get high, guess what I got to do? Take a... Benadryl. Oh my goodness. Guess who was suddenly the cool uncle at the party? No one had to have a baby. Just me walking around going like, I love to join you kids, but I gotta slip myself a few bennies if I wanna hang with the Jets. You guys know what I'm talking about. You read it in the magazine. Is that a seat? Nope, just a change in the painting. You know what? I'm not even gonna be here that long. So marijuana is out of the question. Dairy and pollen, so eating and breathing have become unexpectedly dangerous. I actually stopped calling my allergies that. That's a wimpy name for something that might take you out of the world unexpectedly. So I now call my allergies my police because they might kill me out of nowhere and people will react the same way. Just kind of, why'd you go outside that day? You know what I mean? The exact same disregard for human life. Um, some of you with me, some of you feel awkward about race and that's fine. Because that's how I woke up. <laughs> Every time I've woken up. Just black again. Hope I make it. The police are out and it's already skin 30. I was just... It's just in the South, which is great because I've been meaning to run more. And um, I love the South. They have a cute nickname for humidity in the South. They call it... Oh, see, I messed up my own joke. They have a cute nickname for racism in the South. They call it humidity. That's what they think it is. They think it's heat instead of the warm fog of the souls that have been broken. But I was in a, a city called Wilmington, North Carolina, which is beautiful, which means, of course, it has the stain of slavery on it. That's true of any city in the South. Just like, I can smell the toil. And when I was in Wilmington, it's no different. It was a major port during the slave trade. And I know for a fact that my specific ancestors started their journey in North America in that city. And it was a very profound, very sobering experience as a black person to go to a building. I know my people were sold in and just be with it. You know, just take it in. Just be like, now it's a Subway sandwich shop. Ooh, I don't know how to feel. Um, is that progress? Some sort of veiled underground railroad reference. Also, they have... Um, their Macy's is called the Cotton Exchange, which I was like, I don't think you should call it that, because I kept walking by going, I'm not sure that was an exchange. <laughs> Unless they're giving free shit to black people in here. Yes, I will take all of these cotton items, no need for me to pay. I got that Groupon, the original one. They called it reparations. Um, good. I love the response that you guys have, actually, because I did these jokes at a show the other day, and a, a woman chased me down the street. Baron! And I waited for her, and she got up to me. I was like, time to meet a fan. And I said to my friend, I was like, you got a pen? I'm going to sign an autograph. I was like, nice to meet you. And she was like, do you, um, do you like hate white people? And I was like, I hate this question. <laughs> um, 
I don't know that I said that. Did I say that? I don't think I can hate white people, actually. Well, I mean, first of all, a lot of my closest friends are white. And also, um, <laughs> my girlfriend is almost half white. And also, technically, there's no such thing as white people. It's kind of a concept that was invented in order to invent the concept of black people. That's how subjugation works. You have to create categories so someone can be up and someone can be down. That's how the world works anyway. I didn't say any of that. I just said, kinda. And I ran into a 7-Eleven. <laughs> And I said, give me all the high fructose corn syrup to eat until I no longer feel. <laughs> and that is how the food industry works. Okay, you guys ready to get the show started? <laughs> this first comedian coming to the show, um, a great friend of mine, uh, he used to have a show called A Long Way Down, which was on a rooftop on the west side, and it was an event, and it doesn't exist, and you had to be there, but now he has a show called Crave, which is an event you can't participate in. A round of applause, everyone, for Alex Hooper! Baron Vaughn, everyone, he hates me. As Baron told you, my name is Alex Hooper. Uh, one thing you don't expect when you tell someone your name is for them to say, oh, that's my bird's name. <laughs> Sure enough, three weeks ago, I went, ate an edible and went to a sound bath, which I realize is the most L.A. statement one could ever say, unless I told you the freeways I took to get there. As I was signing in, she asked my last name. I said, Hooper. She said, that's my bird's name. At which point I decided I had been bathed in enough sound for one evening. I don't spend my money wisely. I like to do things like that. A couple days ago, I got an email from my bank with the subject line, are you ready to buy a home? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and no one knows better than you that I'm not Bank of America. <laughs> no one knows that better than you. You can physically look at my financial situation before you send this email. No, it's a terrible idea. 7.30 in the morning, that's when I got that. 7.30 in the morning, which I feel was deliberate on Bank of America's part. They knew I was on my way to my terrible job. They're sitting on the corporate 51st floor. They're just like, now's the time, Ashford! Send away! And my day was ruined. I used to have a lot more money because I used to book a lot of commercials, but the well kind of dried up for me, and I think I finally figured out why. A couple months ago, I was at a commercial audition, and they brought three actors in the room at the same time, and our job was to watch a car drive by and react with one word. So I went first, and I was like, whoa. Second guy goes, cool. The third guy goes, fuck. <laughs> Cameraman was like, cut, get out. I was pissed. I was like, dude, you can't say fuck in a car commercial. We're all in the same take. You just ruined this for all of us. Saw that commercial three weeks ago. Guess who booked it? Fuck guy. <laughs> fuck guy booked it. I have an audition tomorrow. I'm learning. I'm going in like this. Is your baby acting like a pussy ass bitch? <laughs> Then get Johnson's baby shampoo and make sure his hair is gentle as fuck. <laughs> then I'm gonna tear off breakaway pants, light up a meth pipe, kick over the camera, run out of the room. Where's my million dollars? Since I, uh, 
the reason I'm going to sound bath stuff like that, I have to try new things because I haven't had a drink in seven months. It's the longest I've gone since I was five years old. Do not clap. It is not by choice. What happened is I saw a new doctor this past year. She put me on a medication that works through my liver. And she told me, if you're going to go on this medication, you can't drink for one year. Upon hearing that, I immediately asked if I could still do drugs. She said, I can't condone that. Which was not a no. <laughs> a few months ago, I went down to South America. I was in a club, and some guy gave me cocaine. At least I think he gave me cocaine, or he hit me in the face with a shovel for three hours. <laughs> I thought I had done cocaine before. Not like a lot of cocaine, but enough cocaine to think I had done cocaine. What I found out is I've been driving around in a Hyundai Elantra thinking it was the fastest car on the planet. <laughs> Then I went down to Buenos Aires. Somebody put me in a Lamborghini. I was like, oh! That's what that stuff's supposed to do. <laughs> now I'm back in America driving around in a Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> so if anybody has a Lamborghini and wants to snort me a ride after the show, just kidding. No, I'm not. Just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> One of my Facebook friends, by the way, when I say Facebook friends, I mean that term very loosely. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> One of my Facebook friends recently went to jail for drugs, and he announced it on Facebook, like you do. Uh, and everybody in the comments was being very supportive. They were like, that's okay, man. You're a great guy. You'll be out in no time. But one guy commented, Meh, happens to the best of us. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. In fact, it mainly only happens to the worst of us. Who are your friends? No one ever says it happens to the best of us about anything that actually happens to the best of us. You never hear like, oh, Kevin, he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. So I was like, oh, Kevin, he was at a party, got drunk, fell off a Segway, he's dead. Well, it happens to the best of us. I, jail would be terrifying. I've never been, but I know it would be terrifying. But I had a very terrifying experience myself recently. You guys have all been to a grocery store before that you're unfamiliar with, so you don't know where anything is and you feel very lost. Well, last month, I went to the grand opening of a grocery store and nobody knew where anything was. Which caused mass hysteria throughout the sprouts. One woman started crying by the frozen foods. Another man was in the corner just going, Potatoes! I can see potatoes from over here! I just got a bunch of apples, spelled out SOS on the floor, sat down and waited for help. Eventually I found an employee. I was like, hey man, I'm just looking for pasta. He was like, yeah, we're all trying to figure it out. I lit up a joint, started smoking it in the store. He's like, you can't do that in here. I was like, how do you know? One of my favorite things to do when I get high is everything. But if I had to choose, I like seeing Pixar movies in the theater, but I like to wait a month after they come out so I could be by myself while I feel all of the feels. I don't need people watching me while I have a breakdown. 
When I saw Inside Out, I waited over a month, went in the middle of a day on a Tuesday, thinking I'm going to be all alone. No. They sat me directly next to an entire Girl Scout troop who proceeded to laugh at me like I was a weirdo because they didn't understand the subtle nuances and the emotional roller coaster that that little girl went on. It's called Subtext Kennedy or Tennyson, whatever your first name is that used to be a last name. Pixar is so good at their formula. I mean, they, they, they just know exactly what they're doing. At this point, Pixar can make a movie about a fucking trash can. I would bawl my eyes out watching that movie. Like, it's the story of a black trash can. He lives in the village of blue recycling bins. And they make fun of him every day because he's different. It's got racial undertones. So one day, he goes on an adventure to find his purpose in the golden landfill in the sky. And on the way there, he makes friends with an autistic hefty bag who's happy to finally have a black friend. But on his adventure, he discovers he can make compost within himself. He is good for the environment. So he heads back to the village of blue recycling bins. But on the way there, a terrible rainstorm comes and it rains down upon him, chipping away all the black paint, revealing he's been a blue recycling bin the whole time. Pixar's thrown away. Coming this summer. It's the story of a highway, but no one wants to adopt him. Pixar's The 405 South. Coming soon. By 2021, it's going to be Pixar's. Fuck you. You'll see it. And we will. And we will. Have a good night, everybody. Alex Hooper. Keeping the show moving right along. This next comedian can be seen on the show. Party over here on Fox. 11 p.m. on Saturdays. A round of applause, everyone, for Nicole Byer. Okay, some people. The rest of you are fucking lying. Okay? And everyone on Tinder is basically garbage. Okay? So I started talking to this guy, Nick. I wish last names were involved because I would tell you it. So Nick decides to message me with Puerto Rican, black, or Mexican. Let's talk about it. So I said, are you asking what I am? I'm real black. Like, I mean, look at me. I'm like six shades up from night. Like, I am a black woman. And he said, that was my indifference. Could have gone either way, though. So I said, cool, what are you? White, white, trash, privileged white, or rapey white? Thank you. I also clapped alone in my room. He says, rapey white, it's the most fun. People don't see it coming. We had a beautiful date, and I'm very happy to say, no, I'm kidding. No, fuck him. He was terrible. Oh, but you guys, I'm on Tinder because I don't want to die alone. I'm getting older, and I know, I know, I look like a giant baby with my hair like this. And I'm, like, really masking it well. But, like, I'm getting older. 
and I just had a birthday. And I realize I've arrived at an age where my friends say they're pregnant. The next thing out of my mouth can't be, are you keeping it? Because that's what my friends are doing now. They're like getting married, buying houses, and ruining their lives. Does anyone here have a baby? No, you're out! You don't have a fucking baby! Fuck babies! But don't fuck a baby. That's a different sentence. So I am, I, uh, I had a pregnancy scare though. <laughs> Thank you, I be fucking. And um, it happened at the Atlanta airport. <laughs> this man fucking, no I'm kidding. I was waiting for my flight. I was on the phone with my best friend and I was just like, oh my God, my stomach hurts. I don't feel good. I have no idea where my period is. And she was like, you might be pregnant. I was like, Fuck! So I went to one of those stores that sells Tiny Advil, and like, why? Why do we have to take Tiny Advil on planes? So I walk up to the counter, I go, excuse me, do you have pregnancy tests? The lady looks at me and went, you had too much fun this weekend. And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, you had too much fun this weekend. And I was like, that was your moment to say anything professional. Anything at all. Come on, Hudson News. So I say, yeah, I guess I had too much fun this weekend. Do you have pregnancy tests? And she went, no, airports don't have pregnancy tests. I guess you gonna have a sad play around. right it was the saddest plane ride of my life I had the window seat and I was just like oh my god am I just like reflecting out the window the flight attendant comes over and she's like do you want peanuts and I was like I don't know there might be an allergy but I landed in LA you guys and I don't have a baby thank you I have a slight cough. I can't like, it's really bad. It's because, I call it my athlete's cough because I played basketball once and my body was like, stop. <laughs> True story, it was so hard. Um, but I am, I'm getting older. So here's my question about getting older. Stay with me, room full of white people, okay. Um, are there black people here? Mm, perfect. I love being the only chip in a cookie. So, okay. <laughs> Here's my question about getting older as a black person. When do I become an old Southern black lady? Hear me out, white people. When is the last time you saw like a little girl in kindergarten who's just like, oh yes, Lord Jesus, A is for apple. <laughs> when do they start sounding like that? Like old Southern black ladies have a very specific way of speaking and they just complain about shit. They're like, oh Lord, it is so hot. Oh Lord, Jesus is so hot, oh Lord. And then it just becomes like progressively crazier. They're just like, oh Lord, Jesus is so hot. Oh Lord, are we sitting in a fire? Oh Lord, it is so hot. Oh Lord, Jesus, is this a skillet? Are we baking? Oh Lord, Jesus is so hot. Oh Lord, it is hot. Oh Lord, are we sitting at a campfire? The black people, the chocolate, the white people, the marshmallow, everybody else, the ground cracker? I don't know. It's too hot. I can't think. When's that happen for me? Oh boy, I travel a lot for my job, which is super cool. Have you guys ever been to Nashville? 
I like Nashville. People start drinking at noon. There's live music everywhere. Ooh-wee, those white boys. Mm, yes! I love me some white boys. Yes, audience, yes! I just love the feeling of privilege inside of me. It gets worse. And the white boys in Nashville, ooh-wee, yes! I love them. And they're just hillbilly enough to make me wonder if they want to kiss me or lynch me. I fucked up that joke, but I won't stop telling it because it's a part of our history. There's a right way to get tied up in a dead way. <sighs> okay. I'll leave you with this uplifting story. So, I wear a necklace usually that says my name. It's a nameplate necklace. It takes up, like, my whole chest. My name's only six letters. My best friend got it for me in Brooklyn. The jeweler was like, are you sure you want it that big? She was like, yeah, I have a very tacky friend. <laughs> I'm wearing two pairs of lashes. For who? For me. So... <laughs> I was sitting on an airplane wearing this necklace. The flight attendant goes, you must be Nicole. And I was like, oh, yeah, my necklace. He was like, yeah, but I also recognize you from Girl Code. And I was like, oh, cool, getting recognized. This is fun. He's like, do you want a drink? I was like, yes, please, a vodka soda. So he comes back with three of those airplane bottles of vodka and a splash of soda. And I was like, cool, game on. So I drink that. He comes back around. He's like, do you want another? I was like, yes, please. So he... Uh, <laughs> He brings three more no soda, and I was like, we're doing it. And then I drink that. He comes back around. He's like, do you want another? And I was like, I don't know how to say no. So he brings three more, and I drink nine of those airplane bottles of vodka on a four-and-a-half-hour flight. I was so drunk. I was like, what if I roll around in the aisle? Like, imagine they had to land the plane, because like, oh, no, this big black lady won't sit down. But I stayed in my seat, and I was like, I don't know what I'll do. I'll watch Back to the Future. So I watched Back to the Future like I had never seen it before. I was, like, talking to the man next to me. I was like, DeLorean? That's a lady's name. It is a lady's name. If you go to the right hood, you'd be like, hey, DeLorean. She'd be like, hey, girl, hey. Uh, but the man next to me was like, shut up. And I was like, Christopher Lloyd. And, uh... We land at JFK, it's 7 a.m., Shake Shack is open. So I say to no one, Jesus loves his little baby, and then stumble up to the counter, place my order. The guy goes, you must be Nicole. My response was, you know who I am, because I'm famous! <laughs> Which is something famous people don't have to say. Also, he can read my necklace. So I finished terrorizing Shake Shack. I'm stumbling out of JFK, and I was like, ooh, I gotta go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, I start peeing. Let's get real, I'm taking a shit. And, um, can't shit on a plane, come on. So I'm shitting, and then I was just like, ooh, that burger smells so good. So I start eating it while I'm taking a shit. White people, I'm single, who's fucking me. And then I realize what I'm doing, so I start crying. So now I'm crying, eating a burger, taking shit, and then I look down and see a pair of feet. Instead of shutting it down, I knock on the partition. I go, excuse me, I'm not normally like this. <laughs> and then that woman, being a normal human adult woman, said nothing. And then 
I start listening and I realize this bathroom is like filled with bitches washing their hands, just moving very slowly. They're just like, I don't know what the fuck is behind that door. I don't know. I don't know what kind of monster that is. Gloria, I will miss my fucking flight to see what that is. So I just said out loud to Gloria and her friends, I was just like, hey, I'm okay. You guys have been more than okay. Thank you so much. I'm Nicole Byer. After here, 11 p.m. on Fox, followed by a new episode of Studs. <laughs> I say that because uh, there's got to be at least there's going to be like 40 people who listen to this podcast and go, Studs, my God, my God, Jeremy, come in here. He mentioned Studs. Uh, I assume they all have friends named Jeremy. Um, you know, because he spoke in class today. <laughs> Guys, I have to live in here. Anytime you have no idea what I'm saying, I'm here. I'm inside this vessel of absurdity and strangeness. I was so upset about the death of Prince, I actually signed up for Tidal. So the next comedian coming to the stage, you guys ready for more show? Yeah? The next comedian coming to the stage uh, has a new album coming out on Spotify and iTunes called Pay Attention. A round of applause, everyone, for Joe Kilgallen. Thank you. Keep it going for Baron, everybody. Let him hear one more time. And one more time for Nicole, right? I only give it up for black comedians. That's it. White people, you had your chance. This is good. I love this crowd. You guys are awesome. Uh, I'm from Chicago. i here about two years now. Two years I've been here. It's been fun. It's funny, though, because the part of Chicago I'm from is like a real blue-collar part of Chicago. It's been, think of the cast as shameless, but they could afford junior college. Like, that's the level of idiot I'm from. And they're great guys and all that, but they're always asking me about celebrity sightings, and I, I don't care, you know? But I did give them a good one, and this is true, I'm gonna tell you guys this. A couple months ago, I met Skrillex. It's like the first big celebrity I've met. And for those of you who don't know, Skrillex is like a very famous DJ, dubstep guy. He gets like $50 million a year to go whoop, whoop, whoop. You know, he does all that fun stuff. And, uh, and he was nice, but it was a real weird exchange, because he's like, I'm like, hi, I'm Joe, how you doing? He's like, hi, I'm Sonny, nice to meet you. And then he walked away and I said to my buddy, I go, wait, I, I thought I was meeting Skrillex. My friend's like, yeah, that is Skrillex. I'm like, well, why'd he say his name was Sonny? And then my friend looked at me like I was the idiot. He's like, well, he's not gonna walk around going, hi, I'm Skrillex. He should, he absolutely should, right? Like, I mean, it's weird. If I met Hulk Hogan and he was like, hi, I'm Terry, I'd be like, no, you're Hulk Hogan. All right, let's get that straight right now. No guy named Terry in my, my childhood awesome, all right? No guy named Terry has 24-inch pythons is running wild, all right? Guys like named Terry do my taxes. So I'm trying to tell Skrillex is nobody's taking a bunch of Molly to listen to a guy named Sonny, all right? Let's get, get your shit together, buddy. This is fun stuff. I feel like I came on too strong for some of you right there. Was I a little too fast? A little, you know, I gotta, I gotta ease into the waters a little bit, address myself. I'm very white. I apologize. It's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a bit about too much these days. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, whoa, take it down a notch with all that white. That's flat. That's rough. Here's the thing. I, white privilege is a thing, and if you can't admit it, I think you're a terrible person. You know? I really do. Uh, and I admit that white privilege is a thing, but every time I get sunburned, I'm like, ah, this evens out, right? I mean, sure, I was born with all this opportunity, but I gotta get ready to enjoy a nice day, right? That's unfortunate, that's not fair. 
Okay, you guys are warming up to me. I like that. All right, all right. A little bit more about me. I'm married. Uh, my wife's awesome. Been married a couple years now. She's great. She's a nurse. Nurses are the best. You're a nurse? Yeah, nurses are amazing. Nurses do not get enough credit. No one gives them enough love. I'm serious. They don't. You don't ever hear people talking about nurses. It's always like teachers and firemen and stuff, which is great. But I can never be a nurse. I don't know how you do it. I can never be a nurse basically because I'm a psycho and it just doesn't work. How do you deal with sick people and sick people's relatives? It's beyond me. Like if someone was saying to me, um, are you sure that's the right medication? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'd be like, yeah, I am sure. Because I went to fucking school for this. That's why I'm sure. Were you sure it was a good idea to get this kid a Happy Meal for the last 12 years? You think that was a good call? Yeah? That's a good idea? Ruin this kid? You thought that was good? Like if I were a nurse, I'd be like, could I just work the coma floor? Could I just work the floor? Where everybody's sleeping perhaps forever. Could I work that one? I could catch up on some light reading and everything. Because you gotta assume the relatives of the coma patient aren't gonna be that annoying. You'd be like, yeah, dude, we're gonna call you when he wakes up. Do you think we're not gonna give you a ring? You think we're just gonna let him run around and be like, oh, damn it, let's call his parents, you know? That'd be great if the person who was in the coma, as soon as they came out of it, their first thing out of their mouth was, do not call my family. I heard everything. My sister wants my car, my brother wants my baseball cards, they get nothing. I, I had a friend, this is, a, this is a true story, I had a friend who was in a coma for like eight days, which was sad, like, you know, we were all worried and everything, of course. But when he came out of it, he told us he had never felt better in his life. Seriously, he said, I, he goes, I feel so relaxed, I feel so rested, I feel like a whole inch taller. And I remember just listening to this, being like, I am so jealous of you right now. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like, wouldn't it be great if there was like coma parlors? You know, it's like massage parlors, just a place where you could go, oh, I've had a week, I'm just going to check out for like four or five days, you know? Just screw this, you know, wake me up in December when this election's over, can we do that? You guys enjoying this election? It's been fun? No, it's terrible, right? It's longer than baseball season, you know that, right? That's, it's just too long, it should be like a week. We don't need this much of it, it's just too much. It drives me nuts, but here's what's fun now, is it's... It's Republicans' turn to make the threat of moving to Canada. I'm already hearing it. Democrats, we make that threat every four years. And it makes sense because Canada has some things that Democrats want. Free health care, you know? But now we've got guys like Fox News' Bill O'Reilly. I don't know if you heard this. Bill O'Reilly said that if Bernie Sanders gets elected president, he's moving to Ireland. Which is funny because Ireland has everything Bernie Sanders already wants, you know? They do. Ireland has free health care. They have a free education. Ireland made gay marriage legal by actually voting for it. They didn't need a Supreme Court to step in. That's right. Irish people went to the polls. They said gay marriage, more weddings, open bar. Let's do this. Sounds like a plan? I'm all about it. Let's go. It's always funny to me when I hear Republicans say they're going to move because it's like, where are you going to go? Right? Where are you going to go that doesn't have free health care already? By the way, I did the research for you. There's one country that doesn't have free health care, Haiti. Haiti is the only country that doesn't have free health care. And trust me, Republicans are gonna hate Haiti. It's black people who speak French. It's their worst nightmare. They're gonna hate it. Besides this election, I'm stressed out on a personal note. I mentioned being married, and my wife really wants to have a baby. This guy's groaning over here. I'm not ready. It's not that I'm not, men I'm, it's more than being mentally ready. I'm not physically ready. 
Like, I guarantee I'm going to pull out from muscle memory alone the first few times we try. I'm just, I've been pulling out for a long time. I'm pretty good at that game, you know? It's weird to know that I'm not going to be doing that anymore, that I'm going to be having sex to try to procreate. That's, like, that's such a weird thing to process for the first time in your life, you know? I don't know about the guys in here, but usually when I take care of myself, I'll judge what I just did, you know? I'll judge my load. This guy's a pervert. He's laughing. He gets what I'm saying. I know this is a bit much, but it, like, you know, you got your alone time, right? You look. There's sometimes I'll look down and I'll be like, I'm glad that's not going to be a kid. That was terrible. Really? I raced home for that? All that? That's, that's, that's awful. That little amount? Ugh. And then you got that other times where you, you take care of yourself. You're like, that was pretty awesome. That was a rock star right there. I should have put that one on my wife. That kid's going to be a senator. That kid's going places. That kid's getting a four-year ride. Hey, you guys were a lot of fun. I'm Joe Kilgallen. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Get up for your host one more time. Joe Kilgallen. Moving right along. I like to screech things to a halt. It's like a stoplight and I let the traffic walk by. I let the laughter of pedestrians go and I'm like, well, when is it my turn? And then I see that the walk signal is now a hand that's blinking like, oh, I better get ready. Um, coming to the stage next, this comedian is uh, currently on a show called Flophouse, which you can see on Viceland, also pronounced Viceland. A round of applause, everyone, for Claire O'Kane. Hello. Uh, this material might be a, a little dated, but did everybody have a good Honda days? <laughs> We all have a nice Honda days. I had a great Honda days. Uh, I did. I went back to San Jose, California, where I'm from. Anybody? Great. San Jose is just like the hot Cheetos of cities, so whatever that means to you. And I went back to San Jose and I visited my grandmother at her old people home, but they, for whatever reason, call it vintage living. Because they all drink out of mason jars or whatever. And uh, I went and visited her in her little apartment, and I never noticed this before, but I noticed it this time that she has a calendar in her little apartment. And can anybody just guess what the theme of that calendar might have been? Any guesses? Cat, cats, kitties. Firefighters clothes? <laughs> Ronald Reagan. No. Any more? Baywatch. Closer? <laughs> Just a bunch of different ambulances. <laughs> Just a bunch of different pictures of different ambulances. Here's your sign. You're going to die soon. Pick a make, month, and model, baby. <laughs> Blue ones in March? You love blue. What do you want to whisk you away? <laughs> oh, she's crazy. Recently, I've started volunteering. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Started volunteering uh, with kids, little kids, third graders in an art class. And recently, the art teacher came in with all these laptops for the kids to use, some of them for the first time. 
And she goes, okay, everybody, please be very careful with these laptops. Some of them are over $1,000. Wow. And a little kid stands up, and he goes, dang, that's more than me. <laughs> Heartbreaking. But so true. <laughs> so true. Worthless. <laughs> little hands can't work. Little hands can't work. <laughs> That's all I'm ever trying to say. I got hot takes. Anybody here work for real time? Bill Maher? Hot takes. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think I'm right in saying that uh, everything is fucked, everybody sucks. Right? It's true. Fred Durst was right, baby. He was right. The man in the red cap came to us. Oh, but we did not listen. Now everything is bad. All of our heroes have turned out to be monsters. It's true. They all just want to finger us or whatever. I don't know. I don't read the trades. I wish I did. I don't. That's true. Recently, somebody told me that John Goodman, the actor John Goodman, is a bad tipper. Wow. I took that very personally. Not the good man. He sucks too. I can't wait till people find out what a monster I am. I've never hit anybody or anything like that. But if I'm at your party and I'm drunk enough and I have to go to the bathroom, oh, but you don't have enough toilet paper because you were not prepared for your own event, I will use your towel to wipe myself. That's just the damn truth. <laughs> and you will not find out about it because I will throw it out the window. <laughs> Almost immediately. Not too soon. <laughs> Being a woman is odd. Right, fellas? <laughs> Bunch of dildos with legs over here. Oh, did I just take back the night? <laughs> Baby took back the night. It's true. Being a woman is strange. And I don't really I don't really think about being a woman on a daily basis, though you know I don't wake up and be like, oh, another day to be a lady. And then look at my pussy in a hand mirror. <laughs> winked at me. I don't do that. And I only really think about being a woman uh, when it comes up. And it never comes up in like a cool way, you know. It's never like, ah, my clit just twitched or whatever. <laughs> Strong winds are blowing. It's never like that. It's always something shitty that reminds me, oh, bad news. For example, when somebody uses the phrase, she was asking for it, well, for my phrase, you anymore. I think the phrase she was asking for it is only okay to use when it follows the question, why did we give Claire a gift card to Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> Baby just kept asking for it. She called the landline. 
Stand-up comedy is a very vulnerable, vulnerable thing to do, vulnerable position to put yourself in. Uh, you all now know my grandma has an ambulance <laughs> calendar. It's very personal. Uh, and I've only really felt this type of vulnerable once in my life, and that was when I fingered a girl. Hold for applause. Thank you. For the first and last time. And that was in high school, and I was in love with this girl, and I was like, oh, man. First girl I've ever really ever been with. I was like, oh, man, I know my body. I got to know it. It'll be easy. And I asked her, and I go, Can, is it okay? We're fooling around. I go, is it okay if we... I... <laughs> and she goes, yeah, fine. Beautiful voice. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> And I did it. Took the old ones and twos. <laughs> Went up to Junction. And it was truly the driest affair I've ever attended. I would equate it to like reading the pages of an old book. <laughs> but Braille, too. Just a very verbose author. I know. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes doing stand-up is like fingering a dry pussy. <laughs> and that's my two cents. <laughs> I've been Claire O'Kane. Thank you so much. Bye! Claire O'Kane! One more time! Coming next to the stage, this gentleman was a writer on a little-known show called The Simpsons. And he also has a show coming out on IFC in the fall called Stan Against Evil. A round of applause for Dana Gould. Thank you very much. Oh, they moved some back. Uh, uh, Move some chairs back. A lot of stuff... Uh, going on. Politics is in the news. Uh, Bernie Sanders won uh, Indiana. I think the, the people love him so much. I think the big job next year is going to be Bernie Sanders soundalikes for phone sex lines for middle-aged progressive women. Husband goes to sleep, NPR goes off, pick up the phone, I'm going to give you pleasure. All over your body, <laughs> not just the one percent. <laughs> I will lay you back on satin sheets made in this country for a living wage. <laughs> but there's been so much news about politics that they missed to me the biggest news story of the year is that Leslie Van Houten of the Manson murders got paroled. Which means that the next time Charles Manson goes up for parole, which he does every seven years because of California law, now he's going to get his hopes up. Will he be rehearsing the night before in his cell? Charles Manson, how are you? Hi! <clears throat> <sighs> 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 
Hi, Charles. Man that Charles. That Charles. That's Charles Manson. How are you? Nice to see you. Charles. No, no. Just <laughs> Fantasizing about the job he's going to get when he's out. Charles Manson, Emerson Drywall. Come on in the showroom. I used to run a murder cult, but I've taken that passion and I've put it into hot tub installation. Now, Sheila told me you have a cedar deck. Are you worried? I'm not. What Manson did was he broke the rules of murder. We've always had murder. Cain slew Abel. That was 25% of the population at the time. We couldn't get to five fucking people without a goddamn murder. So we've always had murder, but there were rules to murder. There was a dance. No one stuck a fork in someone's belly and wrote names on the wall in blood. It was like the LAPD were like, look, you can murder people all you want, but this bullshit has got to stop. You are ruining murder for everybody. And that's what Trump is doing. He's ruining a horrible thing. It's hard for me to explain. Um, what's your name? Christian. 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 Imagine, just for a moment, that you are making love. <laughs> and it's going great. You're saying all the right things, making all the right moves, eye contact, you're open, it's, it's beautiful. And then, you make just the tiniest error in judgment. And with only the best intentions, you shit the bed. <laughs> no, I don't mean like you finished and you see the cats at the bed. Like, somebody dumped a tray of lasagna on the back of your legs. He did it. Now, my guess is for the next couple of minutes, it's gonna be really quiet. <laughs> like the only thing you're gonna hear for like 10 minutes is just, oh. And then you come out of shock and do the only socially acceptable thing in that situation, murder-suicide. <laughs> Although I do get the feeling that right around the halfway point, a lot of murder-suicides become just murder. Gee, I feel a lot better now. Um, Trump announced his candidacy, he shit the bed of our electoral process. And it's only now that people are finally realizing, oh my God, we have to kill each other and set the bed on fire. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, in a way, it's brilliant because, look, I want to be fair. Hillary Clinton had a private email server. She should be shot in the face. <laughs> 
But Donald Trump, the brilliant thing is he does a different thing every day. You can't hang on to anything. It's you can't get any traction. It's you hear about Trump? He bit a homeless guy's eye out. Did he apologize? He was supposed to. But instead he came out with a big wooden mixing bowl and just started eating spiders right on television. It was awful. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they were crawling on his face and he was scraping them into his mouth with a spoon. What about the homeless guy? What homeless guy? The guy whose eye he bit out. I forgot all about him. That's his genius. Hopefully, it will out because nothing goes away. Here's a great example. I was walking with a friend of mine, uh, oddly enough, a Republican. Really good friend of mine. And I am a liberal, and we get along. You know why? We're grown-ups. And he had a baby on his phone, picture of a baby on his phone, little black and white old Sears photo. And he goes, "Uh, see that baby? Isn't that cute? I go, oh my God. That's like the cutest baby I've ever seen. He goes, yeah, that's Manson. And my first thought was, oh, fuck that baby. If I ever met that baby, I'd kick him right in the throat. If I had a time machine, I would go back and get baby Hitler and use him as a club to beat baby Manson to death. It would look weird in the moment. You'd get a crowd, you know, be like, it's okay, it's a very evil baby. Now, as a comedian, people always come up to me and they say, Dana, can anything be funny? Yes. Anything can be funny if you take the time to put it into the proper context. It's not what you're laughing at. It's the joke. It's not the subject. And they go, okay, well, do you have any jokes about rape that don't involve sex? You know, a joke about rape that I could tell my children? (laughs) Sure. When you think about it, any whistle can be a rape whistle. (laughs) Except maybe a slide whistle. Someone's raping a clown down at the birthday party. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to rape a clown and you follow him to his car and he gets in and you end up having to rape like 40 clowns? (laughs) (laughs) To that end, I guess my favorite part of 9-11 Not last September. Classic. 
The Muslim terrorists, when they went to Muslim heaven, which we all know isn't true, they can't be in Muslim heaven, they're in Christian hell. Christian hell beats Muslim heaven. Paper covers Christian hell. Scissors cut paper. Unless they go back and forth, which you can do, because they're both pretend. <laughs> but when they went to pretend Muslim heaven, they each got 72 virgins. That's the reward for martyrdom. It's in the Quran, 72 virgins. That's fine. I don't recall sex with a virgin being the best sex I've ever had. They should get 72 recently divorced women in their mid-30s. Those gals are trying to fuck a point across. Sex with a virgin is very awkward. It's overly emotional. Kind of hurdy. <laughs> and the next day, that 72 phone calls. Are you my boyfriend now? <sighs> Poor Mohammed Atta is up in pretend Muslim heaven. Why can't you just be cool? <laughs> Hang on. Why can't you just be cool? <laughs> Hang on. I don't know why I have an Indian accent. I'm from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Lazy comedy. I will leave you with this. The end. <laughs> Dana Gould, still friends. Well, people, how you feeling? Oh, you're feeling woo? Good. I was looking at I've been watching you the entire show. I'm like, you know, I bet this audience is woo. And uh, I'm so glad that I asked and you guys confirmed that. Um, I do like when an audience is woo. Um, and what I like more than that is the few people that go, ow! See? That's a, that's a rebel. That's someone who's like, oh, I'll say woo, but I'm going to say it backwards. Which is an existential spelling joke. <laughs> Uh, my name is Baron Vaughn. I don't talk about it that much because it's fucking incredible. It's rhythmically perfect. Baron Vaughn, that's my name. I have the kind of name that makes you think I'll show up if you say it three times into a mirror. That's what my mom was thinking about. She was thinking about rhythm. When she named me, she wasn't thinking about history or anything like that. Just Baron Vaughn. I always wanted my name to be something like so unmistakably black so there's like a precedent set. Because if you see Baron Vaughn on a job resume, you might be like, oh my God, Baron Vaughn. Hey, everyone, the king of lollipops is on his way. That's what you might think. But if you see Jamal Jenkins, it's a totally different story. Just like <gasps> Jamal Jenkins. Hey, everyone, uh, basketball's getting dunked at 1230. And then I walk in and I start talking about, you know, how August Wilson is very similar to Shakespeare. People go, oh my God, I'm racist. I get it now. And then I'm changing the world like one Subway sandwich shop at a time. And that's why I think names are very important. That's why I always love it when people get mad at black people for making up names. It's an argument I love to hear 
because I do have a lot of white friends, and when they, when they assume that you know that they're not racist, that's when the racist questions start coming. A lot of them involve my hair, but otherwise it's, it's kind of like, why are you guys making up names? That's a big question. It's a big thing that's on people's minds. I mean, you guys are making up names. You guys are making up names that aren't names. I mean, it's not a name, and you're like making up names. You're just putting sounds together, like the Brickashaw. What does that mean? I don't understand. There's an apostrophe. Is the Brickashaw possessive of D? What's going on? I don't understand. Stop making up names. Why do you make up names? Just name your kid a name. That's a name, like a name that's a name, you know, a name. Um, literally, every name ever in the history of names was made the fuck up. It wasn't, and then it was. Like the first person who wanted to name their child Brian was stoned to death by a village who said, You can't make shit up. Name your child Hotep. You know, something people understand. People will hire a Hotep. That's why. Names have tribal significance, you know, like my name was Jamal Malik Jenkins, that would be something. Jamal is an Arabic name, it means beauty. Malik is an Arabic name, it means king. So if my name was Jamal Malik, it would be beautiful king. And I've always felt like one of those. <laughs> but name significance is basically a game of telephone. It gets passed on, you know, through the centuries and it has a significance. I can make a name up right now and in a hundred years it would mean something. Um, Sinefiquis. I made that up from three pieces of nonsense. <laughs> Sony, because that's the brand of television I have. <laughs> Knife, because the other day I had a meal. I had to chop it up into digestible bits. Also, sometimes I feel like stabbing a motherfucker, but that's a different set. <laughs> and third, Equus. It's a Latin word. It means horse. But that's not why I chose it. I chose it because it's the name of a weird fucking play. <laughs> Google it tonight. You might see Harry Potter's junk if you're into that. Daniel's Radcliffe is all over the internet. Sony, Knife, Equus, Sonifiquis. <laughs> name a child that tonight. Pass that story around. Oh, yeah, it's, you know, name, he's named after something you watch. Chop uh, and broccoli and um, a piece of theater. And in a hundred years, Sonifiquis will mean one who sees how to cut through the drama. And... <laughs> Thank you, wooer. <laughs> Everybody else is dead to me. <laughs> the final comedian coming up to the stage this evening. Are you ready for the final comedian, everybody? Good. This gentleman has an album that's out right now, which you can get on the spot of Fi. <laughs> called Validate Me. A round of applause, everyone, for Patrick Sussmilch, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the album's on iTunes, too. It debuted at number seven and then just plummeted. So just listen to it for free. I don't care. Um, more about me. I've got a girlfriend, and we've been together for a while, and that's awesome because, like, I love her, and that's a fun new experience for me. Uh, the first couple months were rough because I thought she was just going to leave because four of my five previous girlfriends have all had to move for work. And that feels like a high number. <laughs> like, apparently dating me looks just great on a resume. <laughs> like, so you've been with Pat for a couple months. How do you feel about moving across the country? Great, awesome. Go manage a pawn shop in South Carolina. Because that's literally one thing that happened. She's like, Pat, I love you, but I got to buy these stolen PlayStation 2s. <laughs> We've been, it's, it's great. We're adorable together. 
Like, I'm terrible with numbers. She's great with numbers. She taught me how to use Excel. How, yeah, how cute is that? It was a lot like the pottery scene from Ghost. It was pretty great. <laughs> I was just frustrated at my laptop. Like, I don't understand the format painter. And then she just reached around me, started guiding my hands. It was pretty hot. We, had a, we made a bunch of macros. It was pretty great. Um, and I've tried on her yoga pants, because... I was pantsless, needed to wear pants, saw it, like, oh, two tubes sewn together, let's try it out. <laughs> and oh my God, ladies, I understand why you're wearing yoga pants all the time. My legs have never felt more comfortable. Like, wearing yoga pants is like having someone hug your legs and whisper, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. <laughs> it's amazing. It was like my torso was lost on a mountain, but my legs, they were just back at the ski lodge drinking hot cocoa. <laughs> But, like, we do, we disagree politically, me and my girlfriend, which could be confusing, because, like, I'm super liberal, and she's a libertarian, and that causes friction, because I'll be like, oh, I just caucused for Bernie Sanders, everybody's getting health care, and she'll be like, how are we going to afford that? And I'm like, whatever, mom, and then, <laughs> and then I go get a CAT scan. Uh, <laughs> I just think CAT scans are funny. Have you gotten one? God. It's because you think there's going to be cats, but there's not. It's just radiation. <laughs> but I'm like, I try to make it work. Like I'm a, I'm a supportive boyfriend. There was this big libertarian conference in New Hampshire because, of course, if you've ever been to New Hampshire, that's where you're going to have a libertarian conference. And I went to be supportive. And also, because like I'm white and I know a lot about Rush lyrics and reptile ownership, so I thought I'd blend in. <laughs> See what's inside, get some bits out of it. But no nothing happened. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I was going to walk in, they were going to look around, just us, and then unzip, and then, like, praying mantises, talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> and smoking e-cigarettes. But it was actually just a bunch of software engineers talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> and smoking e-cigarettes. And, um... There's like no big story, but if I talk about it on stage, it's like a real expensive trip. And if I talk about it, I can write it off on my taxes. So <laughs> I think I did learn something. <sighs> I did actually own a reptile as a kid. <laughs> it was a chameleon. It wasn't like a real chameleon. It was like smaller. It could only turn from like green to slightly less green. Like it was like it was like it was like the real Shasta cola of chameleons. Like. <laughs> Like you're checking off all the boxes, but it was not a satisfying chameleon experience. <laughs> and I had to feed it crickets, which was fine when it was young and spry, but then it got old and couldn't catch them anymore. So before I fed it crickets, I would have to, I'd have to take the crickets <laughs> and break their legs. <laughs> yeah, that's the right reaction. <laughs> it, uh, do you know what the hardest part about breaking a cricket's legs is? Is finding a baseball bat small enough. <laughs> It was a real traumatic experience, and to this day, I still can't kill bugs. Like, even spiders, I can't kill them. Like, I hate them. Because do you know what spiders do while you're sleeping? They like to come down from the ceiling and then just whisper mean things into your ear. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. You'll be sleeping, dreaming dreams, then they come down and say, Hey, you know all those amazing, colorful space telescope Hubble photos you see? Well, actually, an artist has the color. They're in black and white. And then they go right back up to the ceiling... And you just wake up feeling like the universe is a little less magical. 
but I still don't kill them. What I do is I put a little glass over them, slide a slip of paper in there, and then I just let them go outside, which is great in the summertime, but like, I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that's what I do even in February, which is really just killing them in a more dickish way at this point. <laughs> It's like a real dystopian novel exile situation. Like, figure it out. And they don't. So by the end of every winter, there's a banister outside my house that's just covered in spider corpses. Like, it's pretty crazy. It's like Spider Everest. It's pretty great. I don't know if you knew that about Mount Everest, but it's covered in bodies. Because apparently... Get ready for this. Because apparently... Because, like, it's so high up, if you die, they can't, like, drag you because it's too exhausting and it's too cold. Your body doesn't decompose. So there's just 200 bodies on top of Everest, and that completely baffles me because people are still climbing it. Like, it costs, like, $90,000 just to attempt it. So they're paying this money. They're signing waivers. They're climbing past an area called Rainbow Valley that's named after all the multicolored snowsuits of the people that died. And they just, like, walk by, like, fuck you, we know what we're doing. And then they just, like, keep going while high-fiving. And that just fucking... You got... Okay. <laughs> like, I, I saw the movie Everest, and I had Wikipedia, and just shit got real. Because, like... Like, they use some of the bodies as mile markers. There's this guy named Green Boots because he's wearing green boots. Because why would you learn his name? And, like, they're hiking along. They see old Green Boots. They're like, oh, cool, we're two-thirds of the way there. Like, what? Like, we all want our deaths to mean something but not take a left. Like, that's crazy. Like, if I ever climb Mount Everest and I die up there, because I'm for sure dying up there, I'm, I'm cold right now. I'm going to use the last of my strength to strike a really cool pose. So when people are hiking along, they can see this. When people are walking along, they'll see that, be like, oh, cool, there's Pat. We almost made it out of base camp. I'm not getting far. Um, also, uh, the guy, so Everest, the guy that dies at the end of Everest, which, by the way, spoiler alert, um, he's a real dude. His body's still up there, and it was discovered by an IMAX crew. How badass is that? I want my body discovered by an IMAX crew. Make it a lot more fun for my family to identify me. <laughs> Just, like, bring him into a room and, like, hey, is this your son? <laughs> And they put on the 3D goggles. They're like, yup, that's Pat. Oh, and then everyone watches Mad Max. All right, thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Sussmilch. Patrick Sussmilch, everybody, one more time. Well, well, audience, I, uh, I don't know what else to say, but um, that's the end of the show. It's kind of a Welsh accent, uh, and if you're like, it sounds Jamaican, well, then you're correct, because that's where the Jamaican accent came from. It's derived from the Welsh and Irish indentured servants. Oh, so much information in my brain is why I was a lonely child. Guys, um, personally, I'm on a Netflix show called Grace and Frankie, which premieres Friday. Um, check it out if you want to watch it. 
Uh, and then at the end of this month, at some point, I have a new album coming out called Black Existential Crisis. Um, what else? What else is there to say? Um, Donald Trump's going to be the president, um, no matter how. I know, you can say no, but nothing you do matters. Um, good night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to cover your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh. Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.